This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. He loops out the left field. Going to be a tough play. Jeter on the run. Makes the play. Wow. And flies into the stands. Oh, what a play by Derek Jeter. There it goes. Deep to left. Really deep. Damn. Oh, my goodness. What a shot by Aaron Judge. Oh, what a good one. Big old play. You gotta be kidding me. home run to the back end of the grandstand in left field. The Sanchino. Oh, that Gary is scary. Ball game over. Yankees win. Yankees win. You know, at this point, it's like, it's like I know what's going to happen. I'm so used to it. But at the same time, it still annoys the shit out of me. I know this Yankees team is soft. I know this Yankees team has so many flaws that I've continued to point. I continue to point out. I know it. I say it all the time, but even when it happens, I get so annoyed by it. It's, it's weird, isn't it? It's so frustrating. Um, what's going on guys, Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD four, um, episode one fifty of the podcast tonight of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Um, hope everybody is doing all right. You know, uh, hope everybody's staying safe, staying healthy, and, um, you know, keep on keeping on, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, this this is, uh, uh, this is a very rough stretch we're going through here as Yankees fans. <laughs> Fucking, again, listen, I know... Like, okay, so here's the thing. I'm a, I guess before we get into this episode, I should probably give a little warning because this is not going to be a happy episode about me loving the Yankees. It never is, but unfortunately, my generation of fans, uh, you know, the generation of Yankees fans that I'm, um, I guess, associated with, I'm 25 years old. I feel like a lot of them, a lot of folks my age who are fans of the Yankees um, love to suck up to them and love to just stand by them regardless. They will stand with the organization. They will stand with their players just because they love the Yankees. Okay, and I respect that. Cool. But one of the things I pride myself on, and not that this matters because nobody listens to my podcast anyways, you know, I'll get uh, one or two fucking uh listeners or, or viewers here and there, whatever. One of the things I do pride myself on regardless is that I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to say straight. I'm going to say what I think is true. I'm going to say what I believe is true and what I know is true. Uh, I'm not going to dance around it. All right? I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to say it how it is. I'm not going to you know, puff anything up with optimism or false hope. If I think something is the way it is, I will say that. So that's one of the things I like to 
pride myself on. Okay. So I do this podcast as a hobby. I do get paid on the side, but I do it because I love it. I do this podcast truly because I love talking Yankees. I love talking sports. <clears throat> so, you know, I'm bringing this up because tonight's episode, again, I'm going to be ripping into this team a little bit. All right. So prepare yourselves. If you're one of those fans who can't take the heat, if you're one of those fans who are easily offended because, um, you know, I don't paint them pink. All right. Then, then tune out. All right. Oh, well, um, I'm going to say it how it is. I'm going to be me. And if that, if I come across as an arrogant asshole, Hey, so be it. Maybe that's who I am. Um, but I'm just the Yankees fan who loves my team so much that I will, you know, I, I will be very passionate about them. I will be emotional. I will get angry when I feel like getting angry. So we're going to, we're going to talk about some things here tonight, guys. Uh, we'll recap game games one and two against the Braves, um, in just a second. And then we'll, we'll dive into some of the flaws and concerns that I have on this Yankees team. Um, so we're going to go to break really quick though. And, uh, as soon as we get back, we'll get into tonight's episode 150. All right. Be right back. Guys, really quick. I just want to remind you that if you go to my website at ny sports talk, you can find me on social media. You can find the links to my podcast and my blog. So that's all you got to do. Just go to my website, go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com and there will be a page that displays all of my information. All right, guys, thank you. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so in game one, um, Yankees lose this one 5-1 to one to Atlanta. Some rookie pitcher makes his debut and no hits the Yankees for five innings before Luke Voigt hits a solo shot. And I think that was the only Yankee hit all seven innings of this game. Um, so that was fun. Garrett Cole, on the other hand, gives up three more home runs, uh, makes it four to nothing in the third inning. Um, and, and you know, uh, one more run came across on his name uh, when he left the game with runners on first and third with no outs in the sixth and Luis Sessa couldn't hold it. So, you know, the bats were dead. Cole's home run issues remained. We will talk about all that in a second. That was game one, five to one game two came along. Um, Yankees lose two to one again, not much offense outside of a, an Eric Kratz RBI double to bring in Tyler Wade. Um, but this time they get really good starting pitching um, from Masahiro Tanaka. Tanaka goes five innings, lets up no runs, uh, walks nobody, allows just three hits, and throws inefficient 66 pitches. Boone takes him out. Boone takes him out at 66 pitches through five. Um, we're going to rip into Boone in a second, trying to save that. But the very next inning, Chad Green comes in and gives up a two-run blast to put Atlanta on top. Um in the Braves end up winning two to one from there. I don't understand. Uh, it's, you know, it's between Aaron Boone's decision-making with the bullpen between Aaron Boone's, you know, load management. It is getting very difficult to, um, I guess, stand by this guy. It really is. You know, it's, Listen, I'm going to root for the Yankees. I'm going to root for my manager. I don't hate anybody on this team. I don't dislike anybody. I like every one of them the same. Um, 
except uh, I may like LeMayu a little more than I do anybody else. Fucking, but um, it's very frustrating. It's very difficult to root for certain guys in this organization. And Aaron Boone, between the resting, between the load management, between the heavily influenced decisions by analytics, it's hard to really stand by him every night. Um, you know, I, I just feel like so many times we see this with Aaron Boone, where he's taking a pitcher in complete rhythm out of game so early, just because of what, what, what the iPad says, or just because he feels this guy needs rest for the long run. It, it, to me, it doesn't make sense, man. This whole pitch count era it's gotten so out of hand. It's just so fucking ridiculous. Um, and it's happened a couple of times with Tanaka already this season. Um, he's already, you know, well into the year. So I'm not going to use that. You shouldn't use that concussion excuse from spring training, which was ages ago. There's no reason to take somebody out with 66 pitches when they're shutting you out. Okay. It's a seven inning game. Nonetheless tonight. And this happens so much. You know, this, why do you think the bullpen is always so gassed? You know, why do you think this starting rotation is always in need of, of help? We've got this decision-making here that just doesn't make sense. We're we're yanking guys too early or we're leaving guys in too late. It, It just, and a decision like that, just, it frustrates the hell out of me. Again, I don't know if it's rest. I don't know if it's analytical, you know, something in the numbers, but what the hell happened to just letting pitchers be pitchers and letting guys go out there and pitch? Um, And it's the same thing with Aaron Boone in this lineup. You know, you have guys resting out here during a 60-game season that shouldn't be resting. There's no excuse if you're not injured to, to not be in that lineup, okay? If you're sitting just for the sake of sitting. And I don't blame the players for this. I'm blaming Aaron Boone or whoever makes these decisions from up top, whatever. It's just pathetic. You know, to not have a consistent lineup, you know, why do you think this Yankee offense can be so erratic at times and and go through these dry spells? Uh, Me personally, I think a big, you know, factor to that is, is not having a consistent lineup out there, not having guys, know where they are in the lineup, know that they will be in the lineup the next day and the next day and the next day. You know, I think that has a lot to do with it. The Yankees are in a really big dry spell right now offensively. um, And that is a big part of that. Aaron Judge, now I understand he left earlier or later tonight with the injury, but he was left out of the game on lineup. That made no sense to me. The guy hadn't played in two plus weeks. Um, these are two seven-inning games. The least you could have done was DH him, giving him, what, six total at-bats you know, for both games? I mean, it, it's, it's just so, some of it is so unnecessary, so unnecessary um, with the rest. And, and, and some of these analytical decisions, you know, to lead off somebody like Luke Voigt, to put a buck 60 hitter like Mike Ford in the three hole or in the four hole to put a 200 hitting Aaron Hicks at leadoff at number three. It's some of them are so backwards. 
You know, it, what happened to gut feeling? What happened to using your brains, using, using logic? You know, it's, it's so frustrating to watch and, and to have to sit through and so it just doesn't make sense. You know, it, anybody, your average Joe could tell you Mike Ford shouldn't be batting third for the New York Yankees. Anybody could tell you that, you know, your power hitters who strike out a lot shouldn't be in the number two hole so consistently. Um, anybody should be able to tell you that a pitcher in really, really, really good rhythm shouldn't be leaving a game so early so often. But it happens over and over with the Yankees. It happens over and over. And I feel like Aaron Boone gets credit too much and doesn't get enough shit. Um, listen, he's a manager who's got a very talented roster. Okay, so he's he's rode this team to 100 wins in the regular season because he's got a talented club. I don't feel like managers play a big role when they have when they coach teams with fucking you know all stars on them. Up and down the order, the Yankees have all stars who can win those regular season games. So Aaron Boone getting all this credit, sure, but but to say he's this great manager. That, that never should be blamed. And, and all these Yankees fans, Aaron Boone, manager of the year, this manager of the year. You know, think about where you He's coaching a team with, with Aaron Judge, with, with fucking Torres, LeMay, with, with really good players. Obviously, they're going to win games. I think the talent speaks for itself. I don't think he deserves all this credit. I think people should sit back and realize that he's made some really poor decisions and he makes really stupid um just bullpen decisions and these lineup decisions. It's just, he, he wins games because a lot of the times he's bailed out by talent. Um, but right now, you know, this talent is injured. Aaron judge back on the DL. This guy's supposed to be the face of the Yankees, right? He's supposed to be this next big Yankee superstar. And we've been saying that uh, ever since he had that big rookie season. <laughs> Now he's back on the DL again for another year. He's he's spending the majority of his season on the disabled list if this continues to be an issue. His rookie year was great, but you know, ever since then it's it's he's been on and off the field. Um I saw a fucking tweet the other day. Dan Rourke, this guy, now I know this guy's a notorious Aaron Judge um cheerleader. But some of the things, some of the shit I see, people just back, again, this goes back to what I said earlier, people just backing their players just because they love them and they're fans of them. But it's like, just say it how it is. Sometimes if somebody's made of glass, say they're made of fucking glass. Say it. He's on the disabled list every fucking year. That's not just a coincidence. You know, a few weeks ago when Aaron Judge went up to Aaron Boone and told him, apparently told him that he was healthy enough to play and not injured. He shouldn't be on the DL. I had folks telling me, no, that's true. He, he probably did. I believe him. I don't, I didn't buy that for a fucking second because I know Aaron judge is somebody who's always hurt. And here he is again, hurt tonight. I can't trust this guy to, to be healthy for me. He's supposed to be your next big superstar. He's never on the fucking field, man. You're paying John Carlos Stanton too, 300 million a year. For the next whatever eight seven years, he hasn't. You know, if he's still 
if he's going to be on the DL for another extended period this season, that's going to be two years where he's not even been a part of this fucking baseball team. If that doesn't smell like Ellsbury to you, I don't know what the hell does. Glaber Torres now, another supposed face of this team on the disabled list for long time. Uh, it's fucking incredible. This team can't fucking stay in the field. Got the big maple James Paxson last year, who I never really loved to begin with. And I don't know why people overrated the shit out of him in that deal. Not been that great. He pitched to a what? 380 last season. Sure. He was 10 and 0 down the stretch, you know, but can't stay on the field again. Injured this season. The velocity is down a drastic amount. You just traded Sheffield for him. Everybody was like, that's a steal. That's a steal. I, I was saying you get what you pay for. Okay. <laughs> You traded somebody away who, whatever. You get somebody back who's whatever. I just, between the, 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 it's just that there's so much fucking hype right now on this team. Everybody loves to hype them up because it's New York, of course. It's the Yankees. We all love them. Sit back. Stop calling them great until they are great. Okay. I, I just try and realize that this Yankees team is is just another good team at the moment. Until they can prove to you that they are truly great, at least I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon yet. I'm going to say it how it is. And right now, I just think they're a good team. I don't love their chances in October. I, I, I don't. Between these injuries that I just mentioned, the rest that I'm talking about, and, and some of the flaws in this lineup and in the rotation, I don't love what I see from them. Um. But I guess we'll start with the lineup. Okay. It's now this is something I've been talking about forever. You know, I always say this. I always talk about this this issue here. Um is the inefficiency of this Yankee lineup. Okay, it's the Yankee lineup that relies so much on the home run. You know, they're very, very boomer bust. Where if they're not hitting the home run, they're not gonna score you many runs. Um and this has been an issue, not ironically enough, since 2009, where they last won a championship. Okay, Since after that year, for the most part, they've been this very, you know, power-oriented, strikeout-prone hitting team. Where they just stack a bunch of power hitters together, especially over the last couple seasons, and they expect to succeed that way. But that's not always how it works. You know, for the most part, it's not going to work like that. I do understand that you need power to succeed, especially in today's game. But you still, and I think you're always going to, need that balance of power and contact. And once again, the Yankees don't have enough contact in that lineup. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it right here in front of us. With DJ LeMayu on the DL at the moment, um, we're seeing the Yankees struggle to pile together hits. Yes, they can hit the home runs. Luke Voigt hit one tonight or this afternoon. But they don't have guys who are not going to be afraid to just settle for the base hit the other way. You know, what happened to the 300 hitter? What happened to the guy who doesn't strike out um, in over 20% of his plate appearances? You know, we don't have many of that. Outside of LeMayu, we don't have one like that. You know, Geo's regressed, and that, that was expected. Kid still plays an amazing third base, so I'll give him a break. But Gary Sanchez. Struggling to hit the Mendoza line. Aaron Hicks, same thing. Mike Ford, same thing. Batting fucking third. Um, Brett Gardner, 
same thing, hitting a buck something. So many guys in this lineup who aren't even close to being that high average hitting player. I mean, you have you have DJ LeMayu, and let's see if I can pull up the actual numbers here on this Yankees team. Because it's 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 really bad, really. Um look, you've got 231 for Torres. Now these aren't updated as of tonight. This is uh heading into today, but it's close enough. Gio Urshela, 256, 209 for Aaron Hicks, 311 for Voigt, probably not sustainable though. 132 for Sanchez. 411 for LeMayu, 290 for Judge, 164 Gardner, 333 Talkman, probably not sustainable. Uh, Stanton, 293, probably not sustainable. Uh, 175 for Ford, uh, Frazier, 333, 200 for Wade, 95 for Miggy, Estrada, uh, 267, Eric Kratz, who cares? I mean, you look at that. Okay, and you see all these strikeouts. Guys are just piling together strikeouts. Gary's striking out in over half his at-bats. Brett Gardner, not much better. Glaber Torres strikes out a ton. Aaron Hicks strikes out. It's obviously Aaron Judge and Stanton are going to pile together their strikeouts. You get all that, and it's hard to succeed that way. It's really hard to fucking succeed when you have all these guys who strike out that much. And um, you, you compare this Yankees team to the last Yankees team that won a World Series championship, and look how fucking different that is. Look at this in 09. 09, their roster. Got a guy hitting 334 in Jeter. Teixeira, 292. Robinson Cano, 320. 282, Damon. 274, 276, 286, 285, 270. I mean, up and down the order. And again, guys who strike out under 100 times. Their worst hitter in terms of striking out was Teixeira at 114. That would probably fucking lead the Yankees outside of the menu today. I mean, the, the, it's crazy how much baseball has changed. Yes. But but they do have to get back to those contact hitting ways to some extent. Okay, I'm not saying they have to be that 300 hitting team completely like they were in line or whatever. But there should still be some kind of a balance to where you're not just totally reliant on the home run ball. Because that's where they are right now. They are so reliant on that boomer bust that it's not going to work in October. It's not going to work. That's never going to fucking work. It never does. How do you think Boston won a few years ago? Yes, they hit the homers. Yes, they drew the walks and got on base. But they also got on base because they piled together singles, doubles, and triples. Same thing with Houston. They cheated so they could be that way. Washington Nationals won the World Series last season because they piled together hits in the postseason. Not just power, but they hit the single, double, and triple. The Yankees in 09, the every Yankees World Series winning team has done the same. It's a recurring theme. You're going to have your exceptions here and there, but for the most part, you're not going to win in October if you can't manage to, to combine power with contact. And the Yankees can't seem to do that with that lineup. And that's why with LeMayu out, we're struggling so much to score runs. That's why it can be so boring to watch this lineup um, suffer here and there. So it's fucking frustrating to me. Um, now this pitching rotation isn't much better. Um, in my opinion, you've got Garrett Cole and then you've got pray for a rain out from there. Really? Um, you need that one a, okay. I understand Tanaka is going to be great in the postseason, So I'll give him a pass, but you've got Hap, who's a declining 37, 38 year old man, whatever he is, who was never that great to begin with. Um, You've got 
James Paxson, again, DL, never that great to begin with. So, you know, the rotation's concerning me. Um, yeah, it has the potential to be above average. You know, I, I don't know if I'm repeating myself. I may have said this earlier, but the floor here is is very ugly with the rotation. It could really go bad if, if things go wrong. Um, even Garrett Cole hasn't been exactly um, what we've wanted so far. The home run ball has become an issue. Ten home runs already in seven starts. Three more tonight. Blame Yankee Stadium. Blame a shortened spring training. <clears throat> Excuse me. Blame uh, a clunky schedule, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, it, it, home runs are home runs. And whether or not they're solo shots, uh, a chunk of them already is besides the point. You just don't want that to come later in the season. You don't want him to be giving up home runs with runners on base in the postseason and that become an issue because I think he's given up. Um, You know, he's on pace to give up a career high in homers, obviously for the sample size that is in, that it's in. Um, you know, I'm sure the, the home runs per at-bat or the at-bats per home run is not fucking very good right now um, compared to the rest of his career. So that's something I'm going to keep an eye on. But, you know, it's 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 outside of Garrett Cole that's really, really starting to concern me. And that's where we, I guess, segue into our next point here. Um, we're going to have to make some moves at this this upcoming trade deadline, I would hope. Um, there's been rumors now of Mike, uh, Mike Clevenger being available. Um, if the Indians do decide to sell, um, I think Clevenger would be a good option. You know, um, a good young righty who's got the, you know, the arm to pitch and be that one a, be that number two guy. Um, now, I have his numbers up here for a second. Let's see if we can get to it. Yeah, yeah, he's been a good pitcher over the course of his career. Clevenger has um, a three eleven ERA in his rookie season, a three o two. I'm sorry, in his sophomore season, uh, a three r two, a three o two. ERA in his third year, um, 2019 pitched to a 271, and then this season's off to a good start. You know, he's somebody I would take the chance on. Strikes people out, gives you innings, and um, I think he'd be the perfect, perfect one A to Garrett Cole. Um, and the Yankees have have the they have the assets. Cleveland has the needs. They need outfielders, maybe. And, you know, Cleveland's outfield I think needs some help right now. And Yanks have Frazier, an outfielder with potential. Um, it's got high market value at the moment and maybe a potential reunion with his old squad who drafted him, right? Get a restart there again. And, you know, trading him there in a package deal would be good for him and the Yankees. Yankees get their guy. Clint gets to play every day. Um, another guy you could probably package in a deal somewhere. Uh, Miguel Andujar got the potential, obviously from that rookie season people are looking at. Mike Talkman, another outfielder, plays defense, lefty bat peak market value at the moment. Um, so maybe you throw him in a package. Davey Garcia, that would probably be the eye for an eye situation that Cleveland will be looking for. A young arm for a younger arm, young promising prospect. So, you know, the Yankees need starters badly. They need that number two. You know, they need that number two in that rotation. You look at Garrett Cole, great, but there's not really anybody else aside from him that you love. You know, um, Again, Tanaka's going to do his thing in the postseason, so not concerned about him. But you do want that guy who's great from now to the very end, you know. And I don't see any other Yankee doing that. 
So yeah, it's health that's fucking annoying me. It's the decision making from Boom with the rest, with the analytics, with every fucking thing he does. Um, from time to time, that just frustrates me. That that's gonna have to change, man. In order for this team to be successful, it's the lineup that I'm worried about. It's the rotation concerns. So this Yankees team isn't perfect. And again, I, I know I sound like a spoiled Yankees fan, but there's a thing called expectations. Okay, listen, I'm a Knicks fan. Okay, I'm a New York Knicks fan at the same time. So I don't go bitching and moaning to, I don't know, uh, other successful organizations. I I don't go bitching and moaning to Lakers fans and saying, oh, you guys have so-and-so rings. You should be happy that you're in the playoffs just because you're losing this many games at this moment in time. I don't go saying that to people because I understand there's something called expectation. Okay. We're in two different worlds, Yankees fans and, and, you know, fans of other teams that aren't so great. Okay. So once you're in that world and come to accept that you're in a different reality, it's a whole different thing. Okay. I'm not just going to accept the Yankees. Okay. We're an above 500 team. We should be happy. Okay. We're a playoff contending team. We should be happy. No, we're in that state of mind already. Now our next hope is that we can win the world series. That's where the Yankees are. That's their goal. Every team has a different goal. And, and right now, the Yankees' goal is to win a World Series. And why I'm so frustrated is because they have shown indicators time and time again. And the results have come up year by year um, of not being the successful team. And right now, they're showing the same old signs. The injuries, the, the mismanagement, the lineup rotation, and all these concerns have been issues over the years um, since our last win. And, and once again, so far in this season... In 2020, it's the same recurring issue. That's why I'm so frustrated because it never seems to change. It's always one step forward, two steps back with these fucking recurring issues. So call me a fake fan, whatever the hell that is. I call myself a true fan. I call myself an honest fan because I'm going to shoot it straight. And, and, you know, if the Yankees do end up winning the World Series somehow, some way, good for them. But that'll probably mean they change some things drastically. It's not going to happen the way it is right now, the way their team is structured right now. It's not going to happen this way. It's not going to happen getting injured and relying on these next man up. It's not going to happen with the rotation of one pitcher and everybody else up in the air. It's not going to happen with a lineup that strikes out so often as they do. It's not going to happen that way. It's not going to happen with the manager who prioritizes rests over winning. No. Something's going to have to change. The mindset of the manager might have to change. We might have to get some other arms. We may have to get more guys who know how to hit for contact, which is going to be difficult at this point. But something is going to have to fucking change. Stop getting hurt for this team to win a goddamn championship. So right now, I may be coming across as crazy because we're in we're in the early months of the season. But remember, it's only 60 games. So the division isn't even locked up right now. And we still have to worry about getting the division because the Rays, the Rays are two and a half games up. <clears throat> and, you know, the Blue Jays aren't too far behind from us now either. So you do hope that the Yankees can figure something out. And um, if we're going to take this day by day, hopefully we can be successful here against the Mets this weekend. Uh, the next game is the 28th. They are off tomorrow. Um, so hopefully the Yankees can can string together some more uh, successful series as they did before this little losing rut they're in. And, and you know, find a way to take first place back. But as for now, we are still struggling. Um, need to find a way to get back to to winning. 
Um, and then, and then, uh, I know I like to jump ahead guys. I do a lot, but only reason I do it is because, you know, in the Bronx, only one thing matters and, and that's postseason success. So, but right now we're trying to fucking win this division and the Rays are two and a half up. They've got a good squad. They're hot right now. Um, they're feeling good. The momentum is on their side. So we need to find a way to get first place back and, you know, we need, we need health. We need everything. We need everything right now. And, um, I don't know. I think I said all I needed to say in tonight's episode. So let's, uh, let's, let's head to, uh, let's head to tonight's, uh, NYY MYK question of the day, and then we'll wrap things up from there. Fuck. Okay. So let's, let's, uh, episode 149. Let's back up. Uh, the question of the day for episode 149 was, uh, we were covering the Knicks. So it was a Knicks question. How many points per game did Patrick Ewing average as a Nick? Um, the answer to that question was 21 points per game. Didn't need to be exact. You just needed to be in the right vicinity. Um, tonight's NYYMYK question of the day though, for episode 150, um, we know the Yankees have 27 World Series championships, um, but how many times have they lost the World Series? So how many times have the Yankees lost the World Series? Let me know in the comment section of, of the podcast or just message me um, once I post this episode. Um, so yeah, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, either one of those, um, preferably Facebook or Instagram. I'm on those a lot more than I am Twitter nowadays, so. Reach me there. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I know I didn't um, didn't really have too much to say about anything else but their struggles. You know, it was kind of a, a, of a rant episode, but I do appreciate you guys for stopping by and, and listening to me bitch and moan. Um, so thank you. Thank you for coming by. Um, I appreciate it. Um, episode 150 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Guys, this is Rob Carbone, and I'm signing out. I'll see you in 151. All right, ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.